Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. My guest today is an amazing voice actress who is best known for her work with Valve and in particular playing the villain intelligent computer system from Portal, GLaDOS. I'd like to welcome the amazing Alan McLean. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Thank you so much. Should I refer to you as Kiwi or should I use your given name? You can use my given name. Okay, thank you, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> some some people don't don't want people to know their given names. Yeah, well, I mean, I I'm I'm happy with either. I didn't intend for me to get known as Kiwi online, but hey, it's okay. Well, you, but you I just, think, you just I think roll with these things. <laughs> your handle Kiwi Talks. That's great. That's yeah. that's a great name. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I wanted to ask you about GLaDOS um, in terms of the robotic effect that was on the voice. Did you know that was actually going to be on the voice when you voiced it? Did they tell you they were going to do that effect? No. Because when I did the first game, Portal, they had a computer-generated voice uh, and, and, and for the audition. They sent a sound file and said, okay, match this computer-generated computer voice as closely as you can. I'm assuming I got the closest. So then when I did get the gig and went into the studio, they played my initial lines for me to listen to before I recorded them with this computer-generated voice, and I was supposed to sound like that. And so that's what I did. Now, the reason that they had to get an actor to do it is because the computer-generated voice was copyrighted, and it would have cost ah. them something. So it was cheaper to hire <laughs> an actor to do it. So Right. But that's still so, so I didn't realize it was going to be processed. Now, of course, when the game came out and I, you know, heard snippets of it, etc., it was like, oh, you know, they've processed my voice. You know, and and um I don't know the equation of the exact processing, but I think that's out there. Because I, you know, other people have taken my voice. And processed yeah. it, processed it so that Ellen sounds like Glados. So, <laughs> yeah, but I a, didn't know there is a program that you can use to put that robotic voice on anyone. Really, basically, if you record yourself and you use this program, they can kind of sound like you. But how how were you able to get those nuances of the robotic voice? Because it kind of it, it, it's quite. Uh, exacting in terms of how it goes up and down um i just listened i to want it. to show you something you know so i i i just listened to it and it and it is you know it's pitch but it's also you know the word that i remember uh being different was it's almost two syllables for aperture aperture Ah. Aperture science. Ah, it's ah. They're 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 two little as at the beginning of that word, and there are other words that were like that as well. And and those I you know just kind of uh, hooked into 
to try uh, for the rest of the pronunciation that I heard. Mm. So, you know, it was fun. I liked I liked doing that voice. That voice was lots of fun um, because, you know, I really did sort of listen to it in a musical way so that I was recreating this little line of melody that I heard. So it was fun. But of course, you know, after I lost the morality chord, I, I, GLaDOS, after <laughs> GLaDOS loses the morality chord, uh, core, then I had to come up with a different voice. And, uh, you know, we were in the studio. I hadn't worked on anything. We were in the studio and I was just trying stuff. Eric Wolpaw was there. Of course, Bill Van Buren was there, who was who was the, I would say, the primary producer. Um, Kim Swift uh, oversaw the whole game of Portal because she, of course, was one of the students that Gabe Newell hired directly out of DigiPen because Narbacular Drop, uh, Jeep Barnett, Kim Swift, and a couple other people um, you know, developed this student game that uh, Gabe Newell adjudicated as their senior project and then just hired them right on the spot. That's amazing. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. But I, but you know, it's, it's uh, other things have happened sort of like that. I, I'm trying to remember the actress's name, but when uh, Leonard Bernstein and uh, Harold Prince were going to do a new production of Candide, uh, Bernstein's musical Candide, musical, you know, it, it was done for the first time at New York City Opera. And and really, the whole show is really more like an operetta uh, because there's a lot more music than dialogue. But when they were going to do a production for Broadway, you know, and Bernstein was looking at the show uh, with Harold Prince to, to, well, shorten it, quite frankly, a young woman at, I believe it was Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, just wrote Bernstein and said, hi, I would, I would love to play Kunigunda in your new production of Candide. And I think he said, sure, come audition. She went and auditioned and she got the part. And I, I remember, I'm blocking her name, but I remember meeting her at an audition in the 80s and just walking up to her and saying, I just think it's so wonderful what you did. That was just such, such wonderful chutzpah that you just knew that you could do this role and you wrote Bernstein and boom, you got it. You you convinced him. You know, she was still a student in school. Mm. So did you take that did, did you take that on board when you were voicing anyone? Not just GLaDOS, but any any well, of that stuff? You know, the whole idea of uh you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. Mm. And uh 
you throw things out there. You know, in the studio for this new voice for GLaDOS after the morality core is gone, you just throw stuff out there. It's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And uh, you can't be shy. And that's one thing. I am not shy. Yeah, you don't seem shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I used to be. I used to be as as a much younger person. But but I got over that pretty quickly. I'm not shy. It's it's <laughs> a waste of time. You know, all they can say is no. Yeah. They can just say no. That's all. Yeah. So what was the dynamic like in the studio with Bill and, and Eric? It was and, wonderful. It yeah. was wonderful. Kim Swift and Eric Wolpaw and Bill Van Buren and the engineers at Pure Audio, Scott, uh, was was I think the the primary engineer at, at Pure Audio, which was a an independent recording studio right. in Seattle where Valve did uh, all of its recording in the beginning. You know, they have their own studio now, and it's wonderful, you know, mm. state of the art. But back then, they didn't have their own studio, and so they'd go, they'd go down to pure audio. Lots of laughing and, and, um, and just, uh, you know, wonderful creative energy. And, you know, I count, I count all of these people as friends. They're, they're really friends of mine because I got to work with them so much, you know, not just on Portal and Portal 2, but on uh, Team Fortress 2 and Half-Life 2 and Left 4 Dead 2 and Dota 2, all these twos. <laughs> well, maybe there'll be a three. At some yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have you ever advocated to any of them since they're friends of yours? You know, like, oh hey, is is there gonna be a Left 4 oh, Dead yeah. 3 Yo, or a Portal I, 3? And I uh I've talked to uh uh oh I always advocate for more work. It's like, yeah, hire <laughs> Good me. Good on you. Hey, give me another project, hire <laughs> me. <laughs> Because I know I when I spoke to Eric a while back and he really wanted to do a Portal Three. I know, I know, and I've I've spoken to him since um, I saw. I thought that was a wonderful interview, and I I thought it was great seeing him at his cabin in West Virginia, and and that beard. Yeah. Oh my looks, God, he never had that beard. That's a guru beard, I think. Oh yeah. yes, yes, and he's. Oh, he's such a wonderful person. I love Eric. He's loving and funny and so clever and so well read. Mm. And it and it's so wonderful when I would be reading uh the dialogue, I I would hear references to other things. And and I'd say, Eric, Eric, is this is this, you know, from and he'd say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's incredibly well read. Hmm. So what's the what's the dynamic between between you and him? And in terms of like after you did Portal, did did it continue to grow that that dynamic that that relationship? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, you it was interesting. Um, usually, a voice actor is is one of the last things to be added to a game. Oh. 
Right. Everything else happens first. And then they bring in the voice. But with Portal 2, since the creators, you know, the people who planned and developed and and uh, designed the levels for Portal 2 and the story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, were so used to hearing my voice that they brought me in at the very beginning of the process because they didn't want to listen to anybody else because usually they'll have somebody in the company just as a stand-in voice, which they know is going to be replaced. But they didn't do that with Portal 2. They had me in from the beginning. And as the game was developed, the story changed. Hmm. And I would, and this is very unusual, for a period of about 10 months, I went in to the studio every other week. Sometimes. Really? Sometimes every week, but every other hours? week and recorded things. Well, uh, the session was never longer than four hours. So, but sometimes it would be an hour session, hmm. sometimes two hours or four hours, depending on how much copy they wanted me to record. Hmm. And uh, so I, I saw those guys a lot and Jay Pinkerton and Chet Falasek. And, uh, you know, we, we, it was wonderful. I love working and, and I was working all the time. It was, it was great. And, and the thing is, while I was doing that over that 10 month period, I was also in a stage show. So uh -huh. I was, you know, doing a, a show uh, seven, eight times a week, you know, in rehearsal for it in the studio. So I, I really was working all the time, but I was much younger then. So, so I had the energy. <laughs> yeah. Were you ever doing multiple roles at the same time? So you're in the booth and maybe voicing for another game of Valve's uh, or, was it, or you were know, you doing like one role at a time and then you move on to the next one? Well, I did, I did Half-Life 2 first. And yeah. then after that, I did uh, Team Fortress 2. But I, th I think that, you know, Team Fortress 2 is a game that they kept adding to. And I don't remember. I, I may have gone. So while Portal 2 was being developed, I may have gone in you know, a couple of times to do stuff for Team Fortress 2. I, I just don't remember, Reese. Hmm. It was does, it was a while ago. Does ever, um, does any of that stuff ever get monotonous? Like, because you're in a studio for so long. No. Uh, and, and, and Well, because you'd be standing in one place or sitting, right. I suppose. Yeah, in, in one place. But so your energy never gets low? You're always well, high? Well, I... You know, you have to stop and drink water and, <laughs> and go to the bathroom. Well, of and... <laughs> course, yeah. So, but but the work is so interesting for me that, no, you you sure don't get bored. I, the thing is, I never get bored. I haven't been bored since I was about 10 years old. Um there's always there's always stuff that I like to do. I like to take walks. I like to read. I read mm. a lot. 
And uh, I just, I, I don't get bored. I don't get bored. That's good. What's the key to not getting bored? Staying busy, I suppose. Um, not necessarily staying busy, but having having things that you're interested in. Mm. Like I like I said, I'm a big reader. I've I've got like uh, three different books going right now. I've got one called The Passion of the Western Mind which is sort of an overview of um, how Western thought developed from the Greeks ah. to now. And then I'm reading a book that came out about in 2015 by a Russian writer, which is talking about the time in Russia around perestroika. And it's talking about, you know, the history of Gorbachev, you know, into Yeltsin and the putsch. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. But but when the more right wing people kidnapped Gorbachev and Yeltsin stood out in front of the parliament building and climbed up on a tank and and, you know, that period of Russian history which I think is so important to what's happening now with Putin, a you know, former KGB agent invading Ukraine hmm. and, and the, the reasoning that he purports to believe in why he's doing this and I wanted to understand it better. So I thought it would be, you know, there's there's much about, you know, the the Soviet era and how that developed. And of course, I was I remember Khrushchev very clearly. And I remember Khrushchev taking his shoe and pounding on the podium at the U.N. And but. You know, through that, once the Soviet Union fell, it was chaos in Russia, absolute chaos. And I wanted to understand that period better. And then I'm reading the third book that I've got going is uh, called Piccolo is Black, and it's by a young writer named Jordan Calhoun, who is a friend of my nephew, and it's it's pretty much about the 90s, and it's about people who sort of came of age in the 90s and what they think about things. And I, I thought, well, I'm reading it because, you know, Jordan's a friend of my nephew, mm. Alessandro. But also I thought, yeah, I'd like I'd like to know how this group of people sort of as a as a generation are thinking. So, mm. you know, it's just it's just being interested in things. Yeah, well, it seems like you carry a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And I I suppose that would influence your work as well. Well, sure, because an actor I believe brings their whole 
intellect, emotional life, uh, you know, feelings to any project. Mm. You know, you you bring your whole self to the project. And, uh, you know, we we all have everything in us. I I I've never been pushed to the point of murder in my own life, but I'm not saying that it couldn't happen under certain circumstances. Mm. You know, if I had to protect myself or protect someone that I loved, you know, because I've had dream, I've had murderous dreams. I've in my dreams, I've murdered people. Is that a result of something you've read specifically? Or is uh, it a visual no, image? Or is it no. just something you've always had? Well, uh, I don't have murderous dreams very often, okay. but, <laughs> but I have, but I have had them. Right. Where I... where I've where I've murdered someone in my dream. It was someone it was someone who was chasing me. So in my dream they were trying to injure me. And uh... I and I had to reciprocate. So can you take anything from that and use it in a performance or Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Because I know say with James Cameron, um he had a dream about a terminator. Um, and huh, that's, and that's what, influ- that. yeah. And that's how that influenced him to make the film. So I'm wondering if, if that's the same case with you, like you're able to take something from that dream and use it in a performance or I don't know, would you speak to Eric and be like, Hey, you should write a character like this. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, Eric has plenty of ideas. On oh, his own. he does. Yes, he <laughs> so does. I don't have to. I don't have to give him any ideas. But but yes, um, you know, every everything that has happened to me in my life, whether real or in dream state, yeah, I, I can use it. Sure, mm. I'll use it. So, what's it like working with Valve compared to? Um, doing other types of voice acting, like how how are they different? How is the process different? Well, um, I think when I first started working with them, you know, I was here in Seattle, and they were a Seattle company, mm. and uh, it was kind of like, oh, I got a gig, good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just, you know, taking taking the bus down to Pure Audio, and you know, doing some recording, and. Uh, it wasn't a particularly big deal. Right. It was just, you know, I'm an actor. I got a gig. I'm doing the work. Um, and, it, <laughs> it, you know, after Portal got so famous and popular, after that, and I think everybody, uh, I know Eric and I have talked about it, is that, you know, for Portal 2, there was a lot more pressure felt because, oh, my God, you know, Portal was such a hit. You know, how do how do we how do we live up to that? Hmm. So so there so uh, there was more pressure felt. But, you know, you just still have to do delivered. 
delivered. I, I think so. I think yeah. so. And, you know, even, um, you know, Jonathan Colton wrote Still Alive for the Portal game. Yeah. Which was, you know, how things happen. Kim Swift was a Jonathan Colton fan. And Kim Swift, uh, you know, sort of introduced through, you know, Jonathan Colton has had a website for a long time. Kim Swift introduced Jonathan Colton's work to Eric Wolpaw. So then Valve contacted Jonathan Colton and said, you know, we want to work with you sometime. We, we want you to do something for us sometime. We like your stuff. And it just kind of fell into place that they decided that they'd have Jonathan Colton write a song hmm. at the end of Portal, you know, over the final credits. And then they thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if it were GLaDOS singing the song? Now, they knew that I was a singer because I had told them they had uh, never heard me sing. Right. They had never heard me sing. Until I was recording Jonathan Colton's song in the studio. And even then, it was I was trying different sounds. And for the song, it made the most sense for me to come up with this little boy soprano kind of a sound. Sort of asexual, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I came up with. And then, of course, they processed it. So that you know, made it, made it sound, uh, computery, mm. but, but, you know, that, that is a wonderful, uh, free creative process. It, it was like to Jonathan, we like your work, you know, we'll have you do something. Oh, what about this? Mm. And he knocked it out of the park. Well, that, for Portal 2, it was kind of like, well, we have to have Jonathan Colton write another song. <laughs> and I remember Bill Van Buren saying to me, he said, I think Jonathan's done it again with Want You Gone. He's done it again. And Want You Gone is a great song. But of course, the other thing that they that I loved recording was the turret opera that Mike Moraski wrote and all the vocal stuff that that I got to do uh, for the Portal game after most of the recording was finished. But I love the turret opera. I just love it. And, and Mike Moraski told me that he had always wanted to write an opera. And and was he sort of thought of it? This is you know. Oh, here's my opportunity to write an opera. Mm. And then and it was and it was one of the artists who thought of the turret choir, which. <laughs> and the first time I saw it, you know, at the portal release party, Bill Van Buren took us into his office. John John Patrick Lowry, my wonderful husband, and me took us in and played the end of the game for us. And all of us were in tears because to see these, these little turrets, you know, and all the, all the little turret 
sounds singing that's me it's all me you know mm. juxtaposed into different ranges and when i saw it the little turret opera and the, the fat the fat turret because of course you know the opera isn't over until the fat lady sings that's right yeah. <laughs> so so the fat little turret who's the soloist with her backup chorus i mean it is so brilliant and so wonderful and so unexpected but so right mm. it just it put us into tears just mm. john and i were crying it was so beautiful so i've i'm a pretty fortunate person i've gotten to do a lot of fun stuff so i shouldn't complain about anything but i do was it different? Did you have to approach a different method, I suppose, to singing compared to the way you'd usually sing with those songs? Um, or were you able to just, it was just another day, another day at the office? Well, the thing is, once I had recorded Still Alive, there was sort of a template for this is the way GLaDOS sings. But for Want You Gone, for Portal 2, I was able to incorporate the idea that she didn't have the morality core anymore. So, and, and the song is lower, just pitched lower. So that you know, being a different part of my voice um, gets a different sound. Uh, then when I recorded You Wouldn't Know for Lego Dimensions, of course, you know, Jonathan was, was uh, with me in headphones for, for You Wouldn't Know. Uh, he, he wasn't in the studio with me, but he was, you know, he was talking to me the whole time. And I have, you know, my music from that. And I have so many notes on it. Jonathan wants this. Jonathan wants this. Because he had emailed me before the recording session. And he says, this line means this. And this line means this. And he was very specific mm. about the um, what the character was thinking for each line. But right. with You Wouldn't Know, the range was back up to where Sort of Still Alive is. So I was, and, and I talked to Jonathan in the recording session about it. I said, and, and you know, we did several passes through the song and, uh, and, you know, and cut the song apart, you know, did the first verse and the second verse, the bridge, etc. But uh, what he decided finally on using was sort of the GLaDOS sound that I had made for Still Alive. That, and, and we talked about it, you know, we had a, we had several hours in the studio to, to talk about, you know, what kind of sound he wanted mm. and, and what we ended, what he ended up using was was more the the little boy soprano sound that I had done for Still Alive. 
Ah, I see. So when you're recording this stuff, is it all out of whack in terms of the order of recording dialogue? Do you, can you actually understand the gist of the story when you're recording stuff? Like, say well, with for- Mordor, did you know that GLaDOS essentially becomes the villain? She becomes villainous as, as the game progresses. But I didn't know that at first. Right. And that was, you know, in the studio, I I was like, what, Eric, what's happening here? <laughs> and he said, you're lying to the player. You are lying to the player. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. I thought I was just this prompt, you know, helping the player get through the game. <laughs> and then right. He said, no, no, you're lying to the player. Hmm. So um, even with Portal, I was recording things sort of in the order of the game. Not all the time, but sort of in the order of the game. And I I remember, you know, my last recording sessions for GLaDOS for the Portal game, the first one. Hmm. You know, Eric said, okay, she's really going crazy now. And that's, you know, when I did the cake recipe with all the weird things in it. And, <laughs> and you know, and, and Eric was there, you know, and Bill, Bill Van Buren, you know, directing me. And because GLaDOS goes crazy before mm. you kill her, before yeah. you murder her. <laughs> but um, would it have been a bit harder in the second one because there's obviously more secondary characters, right? Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons, who both... Well, I... They played recordings for me oh, of J.K. Simmons and Stephen Merchant. So, uh, once again, I was never in the studio with them, but I had their recordings. So I was responding to those those actors' work to to J.K. Simmons and, and Stephen Merchant, who are fabulous actors. Hmm. Just Did- fabulous. You know, John John and I are enjoying so much. Stephen Merchant has a, has a program called Outlaws, and it's a yes. wonderful show, and they just released the, the next season, and we haven't started it yet. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, oh, what's his name? The American actor is, well, Stephen Merchant is in it, but also, uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? The American actor who, uh, he was in Pennies from Heaven and he was in uh, Hairspray, the movie with John Travolta. He played, he played Edna's wife, husband. John Travolta was the wife and he played the husband Oh, why am I blocking his name? You'd, it's all right. These things happen. You'd know immediately. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. After this, we'll probably both remember who who you're. But he's about. he's playing a, a larcenous grandfather. Ah, oh, I see. And and it's wonderful. And his his daughter, you know, just doesn't trust him, and so. He has ingratiated himself with his grandchildren, but now they're sort of questioning him. Mm. And, you know, it involves drug money and, you know, 
and they they are the, the group of outlaws quote unquote are on a uh, a work you know community service work team where they have been cleaning up a community center and through circumstances they find this bag of drug money and it's just a wonderful, wonderful show. And of course, Stephen Merchant is in it, but he's also one of the writers. Mm. So you didn't actually get to meet him? Nope, never have, never yeah. have. So knowing that they were recording dialogue or they were going to be it, did it make you up your game, so to speak? Did it make you want to be like, oh, I've, I've got to... Well, I'm going to really elevate this for the sequel. <laughs> I, I always want to do my best work. I think one always wants to do one's oh, of best course. work. Of course, but is there sort of, I don't know if you call it a competitiveness or, a, a, I don't know, like sometimes knowing that a specific name is attached to something can motivate you more than it would sometimes. <laughs> But I'm just wondering if, if you're that type of person or if you're just... No, I th I think, you know, you don't want to disappoint the fans. Well, yeah, So many people too. loved the Portal game that you don't want to disappoint uh, the people who are going to be looking forward to playing Portal 2. So, I I mean, I... <laughs> it's... it's um, I can't be in competition with J.K. Simmons and Stephen Merchant. You know, for example, the three of us are all so different. Oh, yes, how, of course. How could we compete with each other? It's like, you know, for one thing, I'm a woman. But also Stephen Merchant is this, you know, tall string bean, bean. And J.K. Simmons is this, you know, gruff gruff authoritarian figure that he he plays often and uh oh the wonderful movie that he he did about the uh basically it was about Juilliard and he was the percussion drumming uh professor at oh, Juilliard whip, whiplash yes yeah oh my god he was fabulous in that he, he was, was fabulous in one that. Of, and as, one of my favorite movies and as someone who has had a conservatory training you know i i went to a music conservatory i went to new england conservatory in boston oh. and i had a wonderful primary teacher barbara wallace wonderful she was like a second mother and she taught me so much she taught me so much about music and singing but also about life and so when I saw this movie Whiplash and J.K. Simmons playing this dreadful teacher dreadful dreadful I, I, it really made me angry. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't teachers like that because I know there are. Have you but, been me like that? Yes. <laughs> I shall name no names. Of course, of course. But it's not a way to teach because I've, I've taught, I've taught since 1987 and I take it very seriously. And you do not, well, you don't treat anybody like that. 
but you certainly don't treat one of your students like that. But it was a brilliant performance mm. of J.K. Simmons. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why I, I asked because, you know, you're, you're up against these people, but it sounds like the only person you're competing with is yourself. Yeah. 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 Mm. But obviously both performances have, have gotten acclaim. This is why I think it's part of the reason why that people want a portal three. They want to hear GLaDOS again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, write in, write, <laughs> yeah. email Valve. You've got my blessing. Say Ellen wants to do a Portal Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd still have, I suppose, something in the tank to do it, because you know how sometimes you can do a role and then after a while it can kind of get a bit stale if if it's if there's nothing challenging about it or something new about it. Well, but I think that's the job of the actor. Yeah, it is. I uh, mean, the you've actor got to find... ha one one has to have one's objective so clear, hmm. and and even if that's self-imposed, you know, you an actor always has to know why they're saying anything. Hmm. An actor has to know that, even even if there isn't anybody in the studio, you know, giving them very good direction. And I and I. I always got good direction from Valve. I always got, and, you know, always do. But even if you're not getting in, and listen, I've done a lot of shows. And again, I will name no names. But I have been in some projects where I didn't think the director was very good. It doesn't matter. The actor still has to do their job. The actor still has to know why they're saying something. And the actor has to know what they want. That's the thing. You have to know what you want. It's it's even like, uh, you know, early in our marriage, my husband and I have been married for over 35 years. And early in our marriage, I, and I do, I do all the cook. I do 99% of the cooking. And oh. when he cooks, he dials the phone. <laughs> That's when okay. he cooks. Right, right. But I remember early on, I had chicken. I was going to cook chicken and I was tired and I didn't want to cook. And I told my husband, well, there isn't time for rice. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one of our catchphrases through our marriage. He'll he'll look at me and he said, "Well, is there time for rice?" Because of course it was a big lie. Yeah. It takes, you know, it takes 20 minutes to cook rice, you know, from putting it in the pot to getting it boiling to covering it up and and letting it, you know, just heat slowly. It's 20 minutes. But I, you know, it's well there's not time for rice. <laughs> Because you two were the bickering couple in uh, Left for Dead, weren't you? Yes, and they left me on the cutting room floor. He's in it. His voice is in it, but they cut me out. And that's the only time that we were in the studio together for Valve because they didn't even know we were married. I remember there was ah. a recording session for Team Fortress 2, and I was in there doing the administrator, 
And John was scheduled right after me for the hour after me. And I said, oh, you're going to work with my husband next. And they said, who's that? And I said, well, John Patrick Lowry. He's your husband. <laughs> so we had done Half-Life. You know, I had done Overwatch and Half-Life and he had done all the, the male citizens. They didn't know we were married because we have different names. And, you know, we are with the same uh, agency, the actors group with with Jamie Lopez. But they didn't know we were married. <laughs> so left for dead that they thought it was a great joke that they brought us in together and we improvised. Uh, I was going to ask. Yeah. Bickering. And and John is a John's a great improviser. I'm not as good, but I do my best. But they left. They cut me out. Did but they I, say but why I am the witch. I do. I do scream. I'm the witch. Yeah, but did I they scream and sob? But did they tell you why you were cut? Do you know why? Um, I'm I'm sure that there were several reasons probably mostly to do with the length of the game. Right. Mm. Because that's really why most things would get cut. And I and I remember, you know, uh, having to, you know, this line can only be three seconds. This line can only be two seconds. And so I would have to record so that, so lines would be fast enough. Mm. So... Did but you I ad- don't. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Did you ad lib uh, much on in the portal games? No. Or, or was Eric more like, "Hey, stick to the script"? Well, the thing is, Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons are wonderful improvisatory. Yeah. Well, this is performers. this is the thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of what they improvised in Portal Two. Not so much me. I, I the only thing I remember is what I did improvise is uh, all the stuff I recorded for Mike Moraski. You know, I I just sort of improvised Italian on the spot, and for potatoes I I improvised, you know, faux Latin. There are actually some real Latin words in it, but mm. it's kind of faux. GLaDOS Latin. And uh, I remember too that at one point they had wanted GLaDOS to sing Happy Birthday. But at that time, Happy Birthday was copyrighted, so they couldn't use Happy Birthday. So I think we came up for heat. The, the tune was for he's a jolly good fellow, etc. And mm. and I think that I sort of hummed it. <laughs> and I had a few words that, that I think I improvised. And, and I remember in the studio that we just kind of, you know, did, did different things. Now, for the turrets, I... I think that I did a little bit of improvisation because there's so many little turrets that, you know, I, my favorite turret of course is I'm different. Yeah. 
so but but they're the turrets on the conveyor line you know have several different things to say and and they were written but i think i improvised a few of a few of those so how did the phone call go when you got called back to do portal 2 was that just a random phone call or an email you got out of nowhere saying hey well I, we're bringing I, you back <laughs> well i got a i got an email from my agent I got an email from Jamie hmm. Lopez, and that's you know that's how uh, they they contacted me. It was all through Jamie, hmm. and you know, and and you know, and Jamie always writes, "Well, they're you know bringing you in, and uh, what's your availability the week of you know August 2? And so then I'd go to my calendar and say, okay, well, I'm available here, not here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'd get another email saying, okay, so hold this time for Valve. And then sometimes that would change. And but it it was always it was always through Jamie. And um but you know, I remember uh, when I did uh, Gypsy Danger for mm. Guillermo del Toro's film Pacific Rim. Mm. I was very nervous about that, and I called Bill Van Buren because I didn't have any of my uh, excuse me. I've got a little hiccup. That's all right. I didn't have any of the just raw GLaDOS recordings. Uh, and so Bill, you know, I've, I've still got the little thumb drive. It's my blue thumb drive. And uh, on it, Bill put raw recordings of my GLaDOS recordings so I would know what to do in the studio. And Bill Van Buren was very helpful when I worked with Guillermo del Toro for that film because I I it, I hadn't done GLaDOS in a long time. Yeah. And and I wanted to give Del Toro my best stuff. And Bill was very helpful with that, you know, getting me raw recordings. Hmm. So do you do you still have a lot of work these days? Do you still get a lot of offers? Uh well, you know, or enough. Things, come, enough. things come through. I mean, I was I was very honored to be asked to record a song with the chalk eaters. Hmm. And I don't know if you know if you've listened to that. It's on YouTube. It's the Chalk Eaters page. They're a music group. And uh, they've done a song called Count to Three. Okay. I haven't heard it, but I'll go listen oh, to it. Oh, Reese, you have. It, it's wonderful. I'll go listen it's to it. It's a then. wonderful, wonderful, clever song. And there's a cameo from Gabe Newell. And I am on the song. And uh, it just. You know, it was it was wonderful getting to do that. I was so pleased that the chalk eaters How asked know me. This? I should know this. Well, chalk eaters, C H A L K E A T E R S, and the song is called "Count to Three. Okay, all right. 
And then I, you know, not too long ago did something for cyber. They wanted GLaDOS again for cyber something, cyber 570, cyber 530, it's cyber some number. Mm. And I'm the voice of the taxi cab. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was GLaDOS. And, uh, you know, things, things pop up. Um, John and I did an opera in June for Seattle Opera for their uh, creation lab, which is a, a program that they have for young opera composers and librettists. And we did a new short opera based on the Orpheus and Eurydice myth. And uh, that was a wonderful project. We loved working on that with the composer Daniel Whitworth and the librettist Sheila Houlihan. Mm. And of course, uh, earlier that year, this year, so we did that in June, in, in uh, September, uh, Sheila and I did a live stream of uh, Night Mother on Twitch. And uh, it's a play by Marsha Norman. And we did cut it because the play came out in the early 80s, won the Pulitzer Prize for drama, mm. I think in 84. And, you know, it's a full evening and we we cut it down to an hour and my husband directed us and uh, Trevor was our wonderful uh, director of photography. And we did uh, filming for sequences in the characters memories, which were also fed into the live stream. And we did that in September. So. Um, you know, there's always there's always something happening. It's good that you're still getting work. I mean, a lot of people probably don't know this, right? You're you're synonymous with with Glados, but obviously you've done a lot of stuff outside the gaming gaming world as well. Yeah, yeah, mostly. And you're mostly. multi-talented. I've done I've done lots of music theater and lots of opera. Does that help kind of rejuvenate your spirits? The fact that you can do voice acting and then you'll go and do a musical uh, and then theater and it all gets, it, it breaks everything up. So you're not doing the, the same thing. You're not constantly in the studio all the time. Well, I, I just like to work. Mm. I, I like to work. I like, I like rehearsing. I like I like preparing things. John and I we we also did during the pandemic we did a streamed concert for a local theater company, Showtunes, which is a local theater company here in Seattle and we mm. streamed a concert live and that was wonderful putting that together. Uh, the artistic director Nathan Young who is a good friend, and also uh, Alex Robinson, who was his assistant, who actually came up with the idea and said to Nathan, you know, you should get Ellen and John to do a show together because they're married. So 
So with these, you know, COVID protocols, it won't matter because they can infect each other. <laughs> and but we did good way of but, looking at it. But it was okay because we were married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Um. So, final final question before you go. Out of all your performances, is there one that sticks with you the most? Well. Of course, I'm most known for GLaDOS, and I love GLaDOS. But I loved doing opera. I I really loved it. And, uh, you know, roles, you know, probably my favorite role was Susanna in The Marriage of Figaro. Mm. Um, I loved doing that. And I, and I did a a, a few different productions of that. And then I've also played Marcellina, which is, you know, the mother of Figaro. She, she, you don't know that at the beginning of the opera, but you find out, right? you know, Marcellina is trying to marry Figaro mm. because he owes her money. And he, and she says, you know, if you marry me, you don't have to pay me back. But then they find out that she's his long lost mother. The wonderful part. So I love that opera. And uh and then, you know, in in music theater and theater, I've done some wonderful roles. I loved I loved doing um uh, August Osage County by Tracy Letts. That is a brilliant play. And I loved I loved playing the mother in that. That was, that was a big workout. And uh, I, it's, it's very hard. I think most actors are in love with the projects that they're involved with at the time. And that's as it should be. Yeah. Because you want to, you want to give a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. But every project is 100%. You give 100%, don't you? So. Yes. Well, any actor should. Yes. Yeah. Well, I like to. It's like, yeah. why bother? If you're not if you're not going to try for your best work, why bother at all? Yeah. Well, I very much agree. You should be always improving. Are you your own worst critic? Do you look back at your performances and be like, oh, this was terrible? Or, um, oh, this was great, or I would have changed this, or I, I, I don't like. I don't mind listening to recordings of myself, but I don't really like uh, watching videos of my performances. Um. Because I, I don't know, I, I am, I, I, it's not that I'm critical, it's that I, I can't, I can't read my work with any kind of objectivity. 
So I remember I did a I did a film called Winning Dad, which is a wonderful independent film that was that we shot here in I guess 2011. And uh, I remember going to the screening, and we were in a number of film festivals, but we were also in the in the oh, Seattle Gay Film Festival, whatever, something like that. And uh, I, that's when the first time I saw it. And I had to ask my husband afterward, I said, did I do okay? Because I just, I, the other actors in the project, I could look at their work objectively and make, you know, decisions about what I, what I thought worked and what didn't, but I couldn't with me. I couldn't, I couldn't be objective. It just didn't, makes sense. So I had to ask my husband, was was that okay? And he said, Oh yeah, Alan, that was good. <laughs> Reaffirming for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll wrap up there. Alan, this has been amazing. Thank you for taking time out. It took us a while to get here, um, due to some circumstances on my end, but thank you for being patient with me. Um oh, no problem. <laughs> now if anyone wants to keep up to date with what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, uh, my husband posts all the time. And so I think, uh, you know, if you, if you look at John Patrick Lowry on Facebook, he, he's always posting, you know, what we've got coming up. We, we had a wonderful time at Nerkan in Linköping, Sweden. We've just been back from that shortly. And that was great. And then we're going to do Power Up Con in South Bend, Indiana in a couple of weeks, last weekend of August. And then we're going to be here in Seattle at PAX West over Labor Day weekend. And uh, so John Patrick Lowry, if you if you he always he always posts what we're about. He's he's much better on all that than I am. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, hey, I'll leave it there. Thank you so much. I'll be looking forward to seeing you on Portal 3 when that happens. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that is the show, everyone. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. And until next time, stay safe.